0: I want to talk about a moment, a very famous moment, when God spoke to human beings. 2,000 years ago, God spoke to Mary and Joseph and, and changed their life forever. And we're going to look at that, and we're going to look at some parallels for when God steps in to our life. Now, the story of Mary and Joseph... Many of you are probably familiar with that story. Maybe everybody here is familiar with the story of Mary and Joseph in the manger 2,000 years ago. But it's kind of a larger-than-life story, and maybe maybe we get a little um, you know disconnected from the story because of the size and scope of that story. Ladies, you probably can't really relate with a virgin who was approached by an angel and told though she was a virgin, she would be having the Lord's child. I mean, that's, that's a larger-than-life story. We probably can't relate with the carpenter who was engaged and told that he and his fiancée, whom he'd never slept with, would be having a child, and that child would be the Son of God. That's, that's just a larger-than-life story. And while my wife and I have gone through three uh, children being born, we can't really relate with a manger, a stable, a barn, you know, that kind of a birth. But there are plenty of things that we can relate to. There are parallels in God's activity here that affect us all. Have any of you ever had things come your way that you had not planned? Have any of you ever felt like God changed your plans in a massive way that you didn't see coming? We've probably all felt like that, so we can relate to this manger story. Now, not every unexpected twist in life is from God. For instance, maybe you've had a heart attack, but maybe you've lived on fried cheese, chicken wings, and beer. Okay, so that heart attack is probably not like God interjecting and causing it. It's probably a result of some bad diet choices throughout your life. Maybe you've had an unplanned pregnancy. Well, that isn't necessarily God causing that because we know what causes that. And it's not always God interjecting his plan. But there are certainly times when God either causes or allows things to happen to us that severely alter your plans for your life. And this was never more the case than 2,000 years ago when an angel visited Mary and sometime later Joseph. So let's take a look at the story and then think about how we can apply some of this stuff. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 1. And this is the start of the Christmas story. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. I will be there in five months. I get to go. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now you would think when that's your greeting that you're in for some really good news that's coming your way. You know, the Lord is with you. You are highly favored. Mary was greatly troubled at his words, though. Wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. You will be with child. Can you imagine receiving that kind of news? You'll give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus. He will be great. will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked, since I'm a virgin? And the angel angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. That was going to be John the Baptist. And she was once to be barren in her sixth and she who was once said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Now what we really need to do is break down this story a little bit, because we have kind of glamorized, um, you know, created this peaceful serenity around this story. But think about the level of change that God brought to Mary. You thought that maybe God changed your plans. Think about Mary for a minute. The only thing that Mary and Joseph did was please God, and they found his favor. Now, some of you have had your life changed before you were married by a little blue line on a little white stick. I can't imagine what that change must be like, uh, but you had something to do with that blue line. Mary and Joseph were waiting until marriage. This was no consequence of anything except that they lived such godly lives that God chose them. But think about that life change. You know, the most jarring life changes come when we woke up that day having no idea that we were about to get blasted with a life change. Mary wakes up, it's some Tuesday morning or something. It's six hours before the angel visits her and she's making breakfast. Normal day, thinking about her chores. It's two hours before the angel visits her and she's at the well with her girlfriends drawing water. It's 15 minutes before the angel visits her and she's thinking about Joseph and thinking about getting married and thinking about wedding plans and walking down that aisle with all eyes on her and thinking about, you know, moving in with Joseph and having children. And then all of a sudden, you know, mom leaves the house or whatever happened. She's there alone and an angel visits her and tells her that she will be pregnant with the Son of God. Quite the game changer. God changes Mary's plans, but he also instantly creates enormous chaos. He creates a mess for her to have to walk through. I'm sure she had no idea how all of this would work out. When you think about it, she's got a great man with a very good job. Now, we think about Joseph and Mary as being poor sometimes, but carpentry was a good, skilled trade back then, and Joseph would have probably had work whenever, wherever he wanted it in the whole Decapolis. Carpenters were not poor by the standards of poverty in those days. This was stable work. She's going to have to tell him what sounds like a ridiculous lie. Would he keep her? She was going to have to try to pass off this whopper of a story to her family and her friends. And now she's going to be this single woman with this big old pregnancy bump walking around with people who believing that she is either a total liar or a total lunatic. That's what God brought to Mary that day. She's lived a very godly life to this point. But now she's at the center of a scandal. It's a total mess. So Joseph gets the news from Mary. You know, the angel could have just come to Joseph at the same time, told him, but he doesn't. Mary has to tell him. God waited until after Mary told him to send an angel to talk Joseph off the cliff. Mary tells him that she's pregnant with God's child. But the Bible says that obviously Joseph doesn't buy the story. So he is a godly man and he wants to protect her dignity and her safety, and he tries to divorce her quietly because, in those days, Joseph could have probably, with very little effort, gotten Mary stoned for what he thought she did. So you try to put yourselves in Joseph's shoes the day she told him. Did he spend the night crying? Was he ready to hunt down the guy who really did this? Was he just numb? He was a godly man who loved deeply. You know that that he had great capacity for love because the Bible says he was a very godly man. He was a righteous man. And you know that even the most ruthless villains can fall apart because they're head over heels in love and something happens to the relationship. So you know that Joseph was just torn up by this. It's a godly man who found favor with God, but now he's dealing with an unfaithful, fiance and not only was she unfaithful she's lying about it he has to face face the anguish of knowing he was cheated and the embarrassment of that sort of thing you know it, it was probably an insult to him well an angel would soon come to joseph to verify the story but it wasn't like broadcast on tv So now Joseph has to tell his friends and his family this story. There's no way they're going to believe him. This totally altered their plans. God completely messed up everything that they may have wanted for their life. God is notorious for this. When God comes to Abraham... He tells him, I want you to leave everything you know and go to a different land and I will bless you. He goes to Moses and he says, I want you to go confront one of the most powerful men on earth. Just go. I'll tell you what to say. Moses begs to get out of it. God tells David that he's going to be anointed king decades before he gets that role. And these people are left in the midst of chaos wondering, how is God going to get me through this? Is God even in this? And I say that because we look at our life circumstances today when when things are a mess, when we lose our dreams for marriages or jobs or children, and we wonder if God's in it. But what you can know is that when God changes your plans, some of the most godly men and women in Scripture, he changed their plans without telling him what's next or her what's next. That's all a part of the faith journey. God seems to feel that it's important that we learn to trust him without getting the whole picture. And that's very evident in the story of Christmas. And God may never mess up your plans in the fashion that he messed up Mary and Joseph, but I bet you've been through or will be through some plans that still change things in a big way. When I was about seven years old, I had a career dream that God changed. I wanted to be a comedian at local moose lodges. I would never even been to a moose lodge. To this day, my mom and dad have no idea how I got that specific of a plan in my head. But I was focused. <coughs> when I was in high school, I wanted to be a greenskeeper. I thought, man, if I could just go out there on a lawnmower all day and ride around and then play golf. That's what I wanted to do. And God, you know, spoke to my heart that he wanted me to be in, you know, full-time pastoral ministry. But I gave him some stipulations. I will not preach and teach because I was scared to death of public speaking. And I will not do any form of youth ministry. And God did not honor any of those um, you know, plans. He changed them. And, and I'm sure that God has changed your plans as well. But let's look at the Christmas story and remember that God does change plans. He will change your plans. And just because you don't have a clue what's coming next in life does not mean that God is distant. And it does not necessarily mean that you've done anything wrong. Look at Mary and Joseph. But also remember that God's plans are always bigger than your plans. God has a plan for your life right now, and it is bigger than anything you are planning for your life. That's the second truth of the Christmas story of Mary and Joseph. God's plans for you are bigger. Think about Mary and Joseph. Joseph is a carpenter. This sets the tone for the family in those days. Because you're not going to have many career women. But this is a guy who has a decent job. Who could provide a decent life for his family. And in a time of extreme haves and extreme have-nots like it was back then, you could do okay for yourself as a carpenter. And Mary and Joseph were probably thinking about one day maybe having their own place. little white picket fence in, in, you know, in, in, in middle class America kind of thing with well-behaved children. That was their dream. Not to be famous, not to be rich, not to be powerful, but just to be happy. And we can relate with those plans. But instead of that plan which would have been forgotten decades after they were gone. With God's plan 2,000 years ago, we put up Mary and Joseph figurines in our living rooms at our nativity sets every year. They're on Christmas cards. They're read about and taught about. There are churches and holidays named after them. God's plan... For Mary and Joseph was much bigger. So even though he stepped in and wrecked, just, you know, a bomb wrecked their plans for their life, he was working towards something much bigger. When you think about the nation of Israel, they had plans for the Messiah. They knew they were going to get a Messiah, but they had military plans for them. He was going to reestablish their nation geographically here's what the scripture says in isaiah chapter 9 very famous christmas passage nevertheless this was years before hundreds of years before jesus okay there will be no more gloom for those in distress in the past he humbled the land of zebulun and the land of naphtali but in the future he will honor galilee of the gentiles by way of the sea along the jordan i get to go there in five months The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as a people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Median's defeat... You have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Now, the Israelites are reading this in the time of Jesus and seeing that as Rome, the oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning. No more war will be fueled for fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given. The government will be on his shoulders. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The increase of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. They saw that. They saw Rome. They thought this Messiah is going to defeat Rome and reestablish a geographical nation of Israel. Those were big plans. But God's plans for that nation were way bigger, just like his plans for Mary and Joseph were bigger, just like his plans for you are bigger than your plans. What's a geographically nation to God? Why would he care about that? Instead, God wanted to provide forgiveness for all sins, for all mankind, for all time. God became flesh. And instead of easily winning some war against mortals, he took his place on the cross. Through his blood, he paid the price for your sin and for mine. The Bible says that our sin separates us from God, confines our existence to this lifetime, because sin is punishable by death. But instead of an earthly kingdom, God provided an eternal kingdom through faith, because he paid that death penalty for you and for me. And through faith in that act, he thrusts us into an eternal kind of life and an eternal kind of kingdom, way bigger than anything the Israelites thought of. He shattered their plans on the cross to make greater plans for us. And God's plans for your life are bigger as well. You know, I think about our youth pastor, Dave Ivey. Now, Dave was born into a poor and abusive family, broken family. And he found joy through football, played at Malone. That was where he found his joy. And then he met his chick, Jacqueline and um, um, dreamed about marrying Jacqueline and maybe being in a business somewhere, and maybe working for the Cavs or the Browns somehow in the business realm. But God had bigger plans for Dave. He called him into youth ministry. And have you guys seen how many kids he's baptized just this past year? He is currently building one of the most vibrant youth ministries in this region. And he's just getting started. God's plans for Dave were much bigger than his plans for himself. You know, I think about, I think about Paul, one of our elders here. And, you know, Paul uh, runs Point for a trucking business in Akron. And probably a couple years ago had no idea that God would be using him on an eldership to pull a church into its best days. And to lead a homeless ministry, a street ministry, that is just getting going. God is just laying the foundation of these things, using guys like Paul. And when they are fully functioning, flourishing someday, I think Paul will sit and say, wow, I could have never dreamt that God would use me in such enormous ways. I think about Norm Maynard, who... Some 50 years ago was, I'm going to be kind, some 50 years ago was a young guy um, on a farm shooting foxes from airplanes. The animals, not like, you know, women walking around. Um, He would actually shoot foxes out of airplanes, which is very impressive. I don't know what his hopes and dreams are, but I doubt that he would have ever seen 40-plus years in local ministry. And God, through Norm's ministry, has birthed dozens of missionaries and pastors and church leaders. And in fact, some of those pastors that were a part of Norm's ministry um, were at my church that my family and I moved to. Very much a part of my salvation and my involvement in ministry. Norm's influence in God's kingdom is way bigger than anything that he could have ever dreamed of. I think about Dale Newman, and I have your name in these notes. This is not just from talking to you this morning, Dale. Um, You know, Dale put in a lot of hard work in the secular work realm and dreamed of retiring and maybe doing some things for God. And right now, Dale rolls up his sleeves for Polaris and does a lot of just behind-the-scenes things that make our events and things go better. And I think Dale will be surprised in heaven someday when he finds out the impact that his unseen acts of service had in God's kingdom. God's plans for all of us are much, much bigger than our plans for ourselves. So we're in the the midst of something and we feel like completely out of control when our plans have changed, when things look like they're falling apart. Take a moment to remember the manger remember the scene of Mary and Joseph. And when we fight against God's plans, remember that we're really fighting against something better. Take a moment to look deep in your heart when you're in the midst of chaos and listen for God in a still, small voice who is guiding and shaping your life into something greater than what you might expect. So may you see the manger scene this Christmas and be reminded that God's plans are bigger than yours. And be reminded that God loves you enough to break up your plans in order to take you to higher levels of purpose. And most of all, be reminded that God loved you enough to break up Mary and Joseph's plans. To bring a son who would pay the price for your sins and mine and bring you into an eternal kind of relationship.